Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. Tonight's guest is Tim Ellerding from Fetters Construction. Tim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing great. Well, you and I, you're one of the first guests that I haven't yet met until tonight. So this will be fun for me to kind of learn more about your background and get to know you a little bit. My understanding is you grew up in Northeast Indiana. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Really, uh, well, born up in Angola, but pretty well my entire life from the Decatur area. Okay. All right. And a whole life in this part of the world? Have you had the chance to get out and, and travel and see other parts of the country? Yeah, we've got, um, actually, we've got a daughter in Denver. We've okay. got a daughter in Iowa. Um, you know, here, oh, a few months ago, I was counting all the states, and I think I've been in about 40 of the states, the oh, contiguous wow. states, and I've not had a chance to go north or far west yet, you know, right. to Alaska or Hawaii. But but yeah, yeah, yeah. with some previous jobs and previous and uh, situations and what have you, yeah, I had a chance to see a, a good amount of the United States. Well, that's great. So two daughters? Two daughters and a boy and okay. a son. Then okay. And how old are the kids? Uh, Emily is uh, the one, she is in Iowa. Yep. She's the one that's got, that has the doctorate okay. and uh, she is at Iowa City and All she's right. 28. Stephanie okay. is in marketing out in Denver, Colorado. Okay. She's 27. And then Robbie uh, is a financial an- analyst here in Fort Wayne for Do It Best. All right. Um, and uh, he is 26. Okay. All right. So, so another Do It Best connection. We've had a current Do It Best employee on the show. We've had multiple past Do uh-huh. It Best employees on the show. So maybe someday we'll have your son on and, and complete the circle. Oh, man, there you go. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, so. well, we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about <laughs> you and your organization. So, Tim, thanks again for being here. What we do on this show, as you probably know well by now, is we talk about your career path. The goal there is for other people who are in marketing roles or marketing adjacent roles to better understand some of their peers and the many different ways people find themselves into this world world. Then talk about your organization, just so people have a better understanding of what Fetters Construction is all about. And then we talk about some of the projects that your organization's working on for you. That could be construction projects. It could be marketing projects. It could be, you know, I know you're in the the customer experience world, so it could be there. So really, it's all fair game. But we want to start with your career path. So you grew up in Northeast Indiana. I always tell people, start at the beginning, whatever that means to you, and then kind of take us through how you ended up doing what you're doing today. Okay, of course. Yeah. Well, I'm a Boilermaker, you know, so went to Purdue, went down to the campus there and uh, received my uh, BS in civil engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, actually, my first uh, gig out of Purdue was I was city engineer in the city of Auburn, Okay, which has been really sort of neat because I now currently am working in Auburn. Okay. Um, So What, um, what was initially attractive to you about civil engineering? Why'd you pick that as a place to start? Well, I knew engineering was going to be something that I was going to go into. Yeah. And I've always had a passion for construction. Uh, growing up on a farm, um, you know, we always, you, you, you fixed everything. Sure. And so we were very much of a hands-on and what have you. And my dad always was very handy in those type of things. And so I think I took off, took off on a little bit of that. Um, but, you know, I started looking at all the options, you know, that are available and Purdue has, as well as many other schools, has quite a few different options available. And, and civil just keep kept, you know, hitting me as sure. it, that really looks like, and you really don't have to make a decision your sophomore year sometime. Sure. And so, uh, so the civil with the construction major is okay. actually the direction I went. So I'm not a structural engineer. Um, I am a, uh, I've got a construction management uh, engineering degree All from right. Purdue. Okay. So. All right. So you start off with a civil engineering yeah. job in Auburn and then tell yeah. us a little bit about that and where you go from there. Well, you know, it was really interesting because I started out as the assistant civil engineer or city engineer there in Auburn and the mayor called me into his office about day two, it might've been day three when I was there. 
and uh, said, Tim, the uh, city engineer has quit. Um, but don't worry, you know, we're going to be okay. You know, we're going to be fine. Um, we're, we'll get somebody in here for you. Well, four years later, um, <laughs> I continued to plug and chug away, which is actually, you know, it was baptism by submersion is what it was. Yeah. I mean, because you've got all these book things you learn, you know, and what have you. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into application and you're, you're the big dog. I mean, and, and I was not the big dog. I mean, I was the drooling puppy, you know, at the time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, it was, it was just, it was so cool. It was, it was, it was a great experience, lots of fun. Um, but, uh, it was definitely, um, uh, very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Not something people get to do right out of school. Very no, often. no, yeah. no. I mean, you know, you, you know, you got a really cool corner office, you know, yeah. and you, you got to, I mean, it was really, it, but it really started me out on a path of, you know, public service and what have you. And there's been a lot of that in, in my career and what we can touch on that in a little bit. Sure. But, um, but, but yeah, it was just a wonderful wonderful experience and it was really sort of neat I stopped by when I first started at Fetters here about four years ago I stopped by the former mayor's off or house uh, and he was out in the yard and, and his name was Bert Dip Dickman and um, wonderful guy and uh, and I said Bert you know if you remember me and of course and we talked a little bit and what have you and and um, and I said you know this is really neat you know you started me in Auburn you know in my career and it looks like I'm going to finish my career in Auburn. And we, you know, it was just really a neat yeah. how that whole circle yeah. came around. You know, still living down in Decatur, Indiana. Sure, um, sure. And so, uh, but yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So after that, then I, I, you know, as a city engineer, you get called on by a lot of engineering firms wanting to do all your engineering design for you and everything. Yep. And became, became real good friends with a gentleman out of Indianapolis who uh, worked for a consulting firm by the name of Gove Associates. Okay. And um, we knew there was going to be a mayoral change because Bert was not going to run anymore. Yep. And uh, and the and the mayor that ultimately won was very nice. He pulled me aside and said, "Tim, you know I like you and everything, but you're not going to have a job after I take the office." Yeah. You know, and, not and, unusual and in the world of politics. That. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know that you go into that knowing that. Sure. And so uh, so that's when I uh, joined a firm by the name of Gove Associates, which is a municipal consulting firm. So okay. it wasn't in the construction side. I was actually working for municipalities quite a bit. So, you know, sewer, water, street, road, um, industrial park design, those type of things. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I was with Gove Associates for about 16 years. Okay. All right. So that puts you about 20 years into your career at that yeah. point. So where do yeah. you go from there? What happens next? Um, very, it was, it was really interesting. I was uh, um, sitting around the table um, with some uh, pastors who are professors out at Concordia Theological uh -huh. Seminary. Yep. And as good Lutherans, we were having some Lutheran lemonade, of course. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it's beer, but I, if, if it's not, go ahead and edit that out. But, um, but um, and they were talking about this project, um, this library project. Okay. And they were bemoaning how this architect out of Chicago wasn't paying attention to them. He was designing crystal palaces when they don't need that sure. out there on the on the campus and there's a whole history of the architectural style of the theological seminaries campus yeah it's out really there. a hidden gem out there it, it's I, an amazing I, um, i'm going to digress for a second yeah. i played volleyball at the gym with a mutual friend of ours jill brown was on the hmm. team and we were playing volleyball out there and there were a couple nights when i got there early and just walked around that it's it's pretty phenomenal back there and kind of off the beaten path, but pretty cool. Oh, it's a beautiful campus. It was actually designed by a gentleman by the name of Eero Saarinen, who okay. is a uh, um, Swedish or at least Scandinavian 
um, you know, background, but he actually designed that campus to mimic a Scandinavian village. And there's all right. kind of various architectural symbology out there and everything. But he's the same guy that actually designed the St. Louis Arch. Really? Okay. Um, and several other well-known. Yeah, um, interesting. Um, so, uh, but anyway, so so we were talking and this this architect, you know, and, and everything, and they were telling me all the problems they had. And and I said, you know what? This, this sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. Um, and so I uh, met with the president and I said, tell you what, you know, four years, uh, I'll, I'll give you four years. Now, I, I'm, I'm philanthropic, but I, not, I did not give them four years. Sure, I mean, sure. they, um, they, they paid me, but um, I said, I'll help you through this project. So for four years, I actually um, worked on, I, I ended up firing that architect and hiring a local architectural firm here mm -hmm. in town, MSKTD, who does, mm -hmm. you know, he did great work and yep. amazing job on this project, but it was the library project sure. out there. And, um, so we started working through it. I worked through all the pre, you know, the pre-engineering, preliminary construction phases and everything. I actually did some traveling as part of my job to go out and help raise money for the project. Sure. So I did some, some part of that traveling thing. So we talking to about. alumni, is that for the well, most part what you primarily, doing? actually, you know, pastors don't make a lot of money. Yeah. So, so it wasn't so much alumni. It was parishioners inside these churches. Okay. Who maybe had a heart for what you know sure. the church did it or whatever like that. So I actually did a little traveling too to raise some money. So it was it was a neat little twist sure. that all of a sudden started. I think it started lighting that light of marketing and what have you. Yeah. And um, and so so for four years and um, we ended up uh, with uh, Hagerman Construction, mm -hmm. a, a very good firm, competition yep. of mine, but a very good firm sure. just around the corner here. Yep. Um, we ended up building just a beautiful facility out there, and um, and so that's. That sort of got me into the construction yeah. uh, world. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so you're at the the seminary campus for about four years. Yeah. That was yeah. the deal you had there. Mm -hmm. And then where do you go from there? Well, so I figured out, well, maybe construction is a wonderful mm -hmm. place to be. So I I did spend three years at a local construction firm as a director of business development. Okay. Um, and that was a great experience, you know, good firm, good local firm and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and really started getting to know everybody in the construction world. The cool thing about Fort Wayne, first off, we've got some amazing contractors. You yeah, know, of course, sure. Fetters is one of those. Yep. But uh, um, that was my marketing, plan, there you by go. the way. So <laughs> yeah, a little yeah bit very of a, subtle. Very yeah, subtle. it was well subtle yeah. enough. Okay. Um, but we've got some wonderful contractors. So, and, But we're also, the neat thing I love about Fort Wayne is that Yes, we're competitors. Mm -hmm. You know, we compete with Hagerman, but we also do a lot of work for them, and they work yeah. for us. Yeah. Well, the way being from a different part of the world, I moved here. Spent about half my life in Massachusetts, and about okay. half here, and came from a very large city. And Fort Wayne, while it's while it's still a big city, there's um, one of the things I like about it is there's accountability. You know, mm -hmm. if you you better be careful which bridges you burn because you might need to cross back over it at some point. So, um, you know, even some of our competitors in the marketing world, a lot of them are more friendly than competitors mm -hmm. because you never know when you're going to need them or you never know when you're going to work with them or for them yeah, or have exactly. one of their people work for you. So, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so, you know, I started getting to know a lot of the other people and firms and everything like that. And, um, you know, wonderful experience. Uh, but then all of a sudden it was, it was a neat little twist is that um, the economic development director position in Wells County opened up. Okay. Which is adjacent, just directly west of Adams County mm -hmm. there. Yep. And um, I, I've, I've, you know, as part of my role with the um, previous uh, contractor, I um, got to know all the economic development directors in Northeast Indiana. I'm looking at these guys saying, man, you are having so much fun doing mm -hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. 
And so the Wells County position opened up. Uh, Susie and I, my wife and I, talked a little bit about it and um, said, what the heck, let's go after it. Yeah. So yeah. for three years, I was the Wells County Economic Development Director. So in that role, I, I spent a really, really short amount of time working for Electric Utility, and there was okay. an economic development um, facet to the work. So it's trying to attract primarily businesses to come to the county, to invest there, to, attra- to retain existing businesses, maybe grow their businesses. Is that a fair statement of what an economic development director yeah, does? Yeah, uh, uh, retention, attraction, and, um, you know, um, development yeah. is, are the three things. So, you know, you work with the local industries, you know, because 70% of your announcements, meaning the growths, is going to come from those local industries sure. usually. Sure. And yeah. so we traveled a lot. I mean, we went to the home offices, of a lot of the industries that were found in there. Yeah. Um, and then working with them to make sure we're taking care of them. Do you need more, you know, better water service, sewer, better roads, whatever it might be. Yeah. Telecommunication, whatever. Sure, um, sure. And so, so spent a lot of time inside those industries, inside those businesses, and uh, working with them. But then you also do, you know, the uh, the attraction side mm-hmm. of things. So you're working with site selectors. You're yep. working with the state of Indiana. Working with the regional partnership yep. when they're bringing in leads and mm-hmm. what have you. And so you do everything possible to try to get them to look at your community. Yeah. Uh, and then. You know, the, the thing we've been facing mostly here is workforce development. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of workforce development involved. But a lot of it was, you know, back to sort of that little, you know, marketing sure. uh, thing, sure. you know, yeah. where it was just a, a lot of fun yeah. in um, marketing a county now. Now, yeah. you're, now you're the cheerleader for an entire county. Yeah. Well, and what I always heard, and again, my I'm going to get out of my depth pretty quickly, but in the economic development world is that attracting a CEO is one thing, but convincing the spouse to move there is quite another, and that's where the marketing piece comes in. And that was the beauty of uh, being part of the entire Northeast Indiana region is that, you know, there were 11 counties that faced that exact thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're proclaiming the greatness of Allen County, you know, if we're looking at one of those CEOs or one of those C-level suite, you know, C-level positions. And so, but, um, but yeah, yeah. So, so proclaiming the greatness of everything that's available in Allen County, but also the, the wonderful things that are available in a small community. Yeah. Um, is was was part of that uh, effort. Yeah. yeah. So you, so you do that for for how long, Tim? Three years. Okay. So three years, and then what's next? Okay. Two more steps, yeah. and then okay. uh, one more step till we get to Fetters. Yeah. Sure. Um, for one year, um, I was uh, courted by a national steel supply firm. Okay. Um, to basically be what what's called a uh, corporate account manager. Okay. Which is my job was to go out and. Um, find corporations and get them to write in their specifications for new projects to use this certain, you know, manufacturer's products and everything. So in that role, I covered basically the entire East Coast, West Virginia up to Maine. Okay. Um, You know, and wonderful Massachusetts even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of travel with that. So a lot of travel with that. Um, And there's, you know, we can talk a little bit about whether that was good or bad or whatever. It was a wonderful opportunity financially. Um, mm-hmm. I never could figure it out, though. And I think yeah. that was, and that's, you know, maybe one of the questions you might ask later on. But, you know, I never knew how to sell what I was supposed to be selling. Yeah. And for a year, it was it was a great experience and good company. And I'm good friends with many of the people there. But just ultimately figured out that wasn't, that yeah. wasn't the right move for me. Plus... I still am very interested. I'm very active in my home community with a lot of different organizations and a lot of different boards yeah. and what have you. And so, um, and that was making it difficult to do. So, um, so, so we, we, you know, that I stopped doing that. And then um, 
when I was, well, before I stopped doing it, I met with Steve Fetters, who's mm -hmm. the founder of the company, and we yeah. were having lunch, and I've known Steve for years, part of that, you know, that that community of, con you know, sure. contractors. And, you know, him and I had lunch, and I said, you know, I'm just, if you ever hear of anybody that's looking, you yeah. know, type, type statement, like sure. you always do when you're networking and yeah. everything like that. And, um, you know, the next day he calls me and offers me a position, and it's been a wonderful relationship for five years now Yeah, uh, with so, Fetters, and I'm just loving it. Yeah, yeah, so there's a through line in your career of building stuff. One way or the other, yeah. it's, you know, whether building a community or, you know, helping people get building materials or working on the project on behind the scenes. It sounds like that's the one through line. It, it, there is that continuity there. Yeah. You know, it's hopped around a little sure. bit, and uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Yes. It's been a great job. So let's talk about this organization called Fetters. Construction. Okay. What do you do? What's your role in the organization? And what, if anything, is the marketing facet of that work? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm my official role is vice president of customer solutions, mm -hmm. um, which is sort of a catch-all for do whatever is necessary in order to retain and you know sure. and, and get the new customers. I mean, I was brought on as the director of business development. Mm -hmm. That was my first you know uh, position, and then I was um, you know promoted you know to sure. this new role. Um, but it's really the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with a construction company, there's various ways in order to uh, get new work. And that's mm -hmm. ultimately what my job is to get us new work. Um, one is to create a relationship with, say, the architects. Yep. And so, so I'm out there meeting with, you know, getting with, becoming friends with you know, mm -hmm. all the various architectural firms. And Fort Wayne is blessed to have some of the best architects. Sure. In the Midwest, yeah. you know, quite honestly. Sure. I mean, we've got some great firms. So so how much, I'm not asking you to put an exact percentage on it, but how much of the business that comes your way is a referral through, for example, an architecture firm, and architectural firm, and how much is direct to you? I would say, you know, architecture, if you could lump maybe architectural firms, subs, and suppliers mm -hmm. in that category too, because yeah. you're developing those relationships as well. Probably a third of what we, okay. you know, the third of the quote unquote leads that we get, yep. you know, come from those type of firms. Yeah. You know, because sometimes, you know, it depends on the sub or supplier, you know, they may have heard of something. And, and there's a lot of that reciprocity. I mean, we do a lot of the same things mm -hmm. um, where, I mean, I, there, I, God, I can't tell you how many architects that I've brought on board on projects that I've found and yeah. but we needed that architect. So there's that back and forth, probably a third, I'd sure. say. And sure. then the other two thirds is literally going out there and knocking on doors and shaking hands and kissing babies and, yep. you know, doing everything necessary. Yeah. You know, so, um, I mean, literally, I there there are times where I will go out and do cold calling. I mean, yep. we'll, sure. if I've got a project, um, if I've got a project in Kendallville, I'll use mm -hmm. as an example, we were doing a school project in Kendallville. Mm -hmm. I mean, I literally went to every business that's within a mile radius of that place, knocked on their doors, you know, gave them a business card, gave them a couple, mm -hmm. um, bookmarks like this and said, you know, first off, you know, we're going to be working here. If you have any problems, call me, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, if you need a builder, yeah. um, you know, give me a call. Yeah. And I've picked up, I can't tell you how much work we've picked up just doing that, whether it's sure. a small little yeah. project, like maybe some concrete work or some yeah. masonry work or an addition onto a building. Sure. Yeah. Well, construction's a lot different than a lot of products, you know, a lot of services that you would sell because there are folks who you're going to do a project for them, it's going to go great, and they're not going to need you again for a lifetime. You know, there's yeah. there's some exceptions to that, colleges and hospitals, but mm -hmm. a lot of people will build, you know, a project, I don't know, every 10 or 20 years. So how do you, how do you then 
where do you focus your time as in terms of customer retention versus attracting new customers? How do you think about that from a marketing and business development standpoint? One of the first things I did when I came to Fetters is we, 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 we sort of put together a policy or a program maybe of, of following up. Uh, so any project we do, any project we do, whether it's moving a door on, in a wall or a uh, you know $20 million project, I, re- I reach out to those people at various intervals, six yep. months, one year, two years, three years, and, and you know, two and a half years and five years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and j- it's basically, you know, go see them, you know, how's it going, you know, any mm-hmm. problems. And every now and then say, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, you know, this one door's stuck or mm-hmm. this, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it might be. <laughs> Excuse me. And... Um, so, you know, that's one of the ways as far as retention. Sure. Just, just follow up, you just know, follow being a good up steward and, of the relationship. And just, just yeah. taking care of them. Yeah. yeah. Because those customers are ultimately, you know, why we're in business. That's and right. so you take care of those customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's, that's one way as far as the retention. Um, you know, they get on an email list. And so I do keep in touch with them through sort of like a constant contact type mm-hmm. thing, you know, yep. that I do on a monthly basis. Yep. Um, sometimes I have a little fun with it. Sometimes it's a little more serious informational, but you're always trying to stay top of mind sure. because even though we may have built that 15,000 square footer for them or something like that, they still might have a small project, a little yep. addition or a, a interior renovation or something sure. like that sure. you know, that they would need a contractor to work on. Yeah, especially right now when everybody's rethinking workspaces and yeah. the building they thought they needed in 2019 is no longer the building they need. We're yeah. seeing that in the office world, world especially. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. So so here's a, a challenging question, but one that I'm sure you, you answer all the time. What makes your organization different? If somebody said, you know, why why pick you over one of your competitors? And again, acknowledging you have good competitors, but what yeah. what differentiates yeah. Fetters? That, that is that is always a great question um, because you know the, the standard response is is because we care, mm-hmm. um, and and there's so much truth to that. I yeah. mean, when I talk to our superintendents, when I talk to our project managers, or or estimators or whatever, it's so much fun to see how much of themselves they put in these projects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the projects we're working on right now is the DuPont Sports Medicine Project mm-hmm. up there at DuPont in 69, a wonderful project that was three years in the making. I mean, it was a lot of catering to that that that, that wonderful customer that's become a great friend now. Yep. Um, but it's neat to talk to the project manager on that project to just listen to about how excited Austin gets, you know, when talking about this project and, and what have you and what it's going to be and what it's going to do and all those type of things. And so... I try to personalize that question more, yeah. you know, in talking about a specific person or sure. I may, you know, I may talk about one of our superintendents and say, you know, I've got this superintendent, David, that's just finished this school project and you should have saw him working with the kids. Yeah. You know, we bought them each these really little yellow hard hats yeah. that are made of, you know, plastic, no thinner, no thicker yeah. than that piece of paper. Yeah. But we put our little Fetters logo on there and David just was like a father to all those kids, you know, and uh, in many different ways. And so... Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's, and I know it's probably cliche in a certain way, but it's really neat to see how personable, you know, our people are with these projects, how much pride, internal pride they take on these projects. Yeah. Well, ultimately it's a relationship business. You know, it's, it's kind of like the, the, the floor, the minimum is, is doing good work. Everybody does good work, but it's kind of like who is going to put that extra effort in because of that passion, because of that personal touch. Yeah. And I, and I, and that's, that is actually one of my sermons, you know, that I use all the time is I, I say people were in a relationship business. It just so happens that we build buildings. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah building sure. is a secondary compared to, and, and and there's so much truth to that because that relationship that, that you build with that owner or yep. that or whoever it is, um, ultimately transpires to more work. Yeah, than, for sure. And you know, so yes, we do want to be you know in business to build more buildings and and get more work and grow and profitability and all those beautiful things that you do when you're in a business. But um, but ultimately, it's it's because we're we're you know we know and we've taken care of somebody. And it's it's cool to even watch some of our customers, you know, watch their families grow. Part of that relationship building. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the team you work with. Okay. So in order to get your job done, you obviously have the the people in the field, the people who are actually, you know, making these buildings come to life. But to get your work done, who's part of that team and how do you interface with that? So Anthony calls me and says, Tim, I want to build a building. I say, okay, let's talk a little bit about that building. My role is, you know, after I've done this amazing job of selling you, so you call me, Mm -hmm. you know, or I just got lucky and I still claim I did an amazing job. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, it's, it, you know, I still, there's still that commission thing. So, you know, no, no. Um, (laughs) But um, so, you know, I'm going to step through some of the early stages with you, you know, what are you looking at? You know, what size, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, what is ultimately your desire? You Mm -hmm. know, do you have a budget, any of those type of things? Then we're going to hand it off to one of our estimators. Um, Assuming, uh, assuming a couple things, where the architect has come in on here. If you already have the drawings um, available, then, you know, then we'll simply start, you know, doing some estimating on those drawings, some takeoffs and things like that, saying, yeah, this looks like it's going to be such and such a, a budget. Mm-hmm. If we don't have any design, if it's so early in the process, which is really the best time to have a contractor involved is even before or at the same time you hire, bring on that architect, we'll actually get with that architect and we're going to start stepping through that process and start doing estimating and constructability reviews. Um, I'm working on a really cool project down in Bluffton for a church mm-hmm. and working with a local uh architectural firm here, you know, great, great group of people. But, you know, it's been really fun to watch how we've gone back and forth because they'll throw me this design and I'll say, you know, that's not going to work if we if you want me to do this with my structure. And mm-hmm. so I'll redesign it structurally for them or what have you and say, you know, we'll save probably 30% in steel if we go this route. So it's been a lot of fun. So, so with your project, you know, depending on where the architect is is involved, there may be a lot of that back and forth between our estimators or, or myself or, mm-hmm. or somebody like that. Yeah. And so once we come up with that final design and that budget and that schedule and, and all those wonderful things, then we're going to hand it off to our project, one of our project managers. Yeah. And they're the ones that's going to step you through the process and take you through um, from the day we dig the first spade of dirt till the time we give you those keys to that yeah. beautiful new building. So it'll be our project manager okay. that'll take that take care of that. Our safety director steps in there many times in the early stages and throughout the construction you know, cycle. Um, if we're self-performing some of their work and we self-perform concrete, masonry, and carpentry, um, you know, one of those people are going to get involved, whether it's an estimator or project manager from those sides. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, but, you know, primarily it, it goes from me to estimating to project management. All right. So as far as the marketing side of your work, another facet of what you do, you mentioned cold calls, you mentioned referral business, you mentioned repeat business. How else do you strive to get the word out about fetters and to differentiate yourself from your competitors? It's been a learning process for yeah. me, uh, especially with the whole <clears throat> media thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you know a good advertising firm that could help <laughs> me with that, you know, maybe have them give me a call sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Or was that wrong to say that? You know, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Susie, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, but anyway, no, I should have said sorry, Jill. You know, uh, but um, yeah, 
Um, so we have we have the good fortune of working with Fetters oh, and helping with some of that. We're having so much fun yeah. working with you guys. It's yeah. been just what a, what a great relationship. But sure. uh, but you know media, you know social media. Mm-hmm. Um, just about a year ago, I was given that responsibility, and yeah. so um, you know basically what I'm doing is on a weekly basis posting some pictures, putting a, you know a few little sentences, mm-hmm. you know trying to use catchphrases and things like that. Yep. And it's really been amazing to see just how much that has impacted our hit hit rate yeah. on Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and so so it's those type of things. It's the you know I've used constant contact. Mm-hmm. I use that on a pretty regular basis, and yeah. try to continually grow that um, that uh, audience. Sure. I guess you, sure. you might say um, it's it's also just just um, you know we're, I'm part of several different associations, mm-hmm. whether it's chamber of commerce yep. is, whether it's, yep. uh, you know, whatever, yeah. um, school board association. Sure. Uh, and a lot of it's, you know, cold calling, but it's also setting up appointments with mayors and superintendents mm-hmm. because some of the best resources out there are the mayors and the superintendents. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of school work, yep. you know, so obviously the superintendents of schools sure. are very important to us. Yeah. Um, but mayors, you know, have a thumb on their community. Um, yeah. So mayors and county commissioners are, are wonderful resources yep. and economic development directors. I've yeah. spent a lot of time with those guys too. Yeah, they know what's coming and where it's going to go and have that vision that is yeah. sometimes hard to come by. Yeah, well, well let's talk about um, some of the projects you're working on. You've referenced a few, and again, don't share anything that's going to get you in trouble, but as far as projects that Fetters is working on, what are some of the things that you're most proud of, some of the things that maybe you're excited about, maybe they're keeping you up at night, maybe a combination of those things? Um, you know, I mentioned this DuPont Sports Medicine project. Mm-hmm. That is just that. That is a uh, that is a uh, a flag for Fetters Construction. I mean, because mm-hmm. it is right out there on the highway and yep. interstate. You know, very visible and everything like that. And that is and and that was actually a project that it took us about two and a half years to ultimately get the co- the mm-hmm. customer to sign on the bottom line. I yep. mean, it was a lot of catering things, but it was neat to see how our office really rallied around that entire process. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't just me; it was several different people. Yeah, you know, that was working through. But it's going to be one of a Excuse me. One of the most beautiful buildings um, and functional buildings. You know, it's going to have OPS in there. It's going to have uh, um, several of the Lutheran, you know, you know, health network um, offices in there. So it's and it's going to have, you know, there's going to be what four basketball courts inside there. Uh, There's going to be multiple offices. There's going to be just all kind of things going on. So it's going to be a really fun project. So it's been a lot of fun. From the day we first heard about it to to today, yep. Um, when we're out there putting on the exterior skin, so when is uh, that? When is that due to be completed? Um, we will be completed with that project. Um, I know. Uh, let's see. I think it's going to be June first. Okay. I think is when we're looking at, you know, having the uh, ribbon cutting on that project. All right, well, great. Well, so it's coming along pretty. Coming into the home stretch. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, we just finished a project over at Huntington University. Okay. Uh, wonderful partners of ours, long-term partners of Fetters Construction. It's called The Hub. It's the mm-hmm. union building okay. in Huntington. And it was a renovation project, so it wasn't a new construction. All right. But it was really neat because this is a building that over the years has gotten piecemealed off, sure. you know. And, and now you walk into it, and there's all this wonderful glass and uh, this huge fireplace and just all this really cool architectural elements and everything yeah. like that. There's a lake on the uh, north side of the building that now mm-hmm. immediately... When 
when you walk in, there's wonderful vista okay. of uh, Snowtip Lake, it's called there. All right. um, that was a cool project just because of the students that were involved mm-hmm. and the administration over there at Huntington University. I mean, they've got a wonderful thing going on over there yeah. at HU. And um, and that's just been a lot, a lot of, that was a lot of fun for us. Yeah. Um, not only because they've been long-term customers, sure. and, but we had to work for that project. I mean, we're, yeah. it wasn't a project that we were just handed to. I mean, sure. we had to show our worth yeah. you know, to them. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, then, you know, I mentioned we did a lot of school work. Uh, we just yeah. finished a project over in Roanoke, Roanoke Elementary. Uh-huh. Uh, beautiful, beautiful school that pays this architectural tribute to the old school. So if you see pictures of the old school and then you see the new one, there's just really a lot of similarities on the architectural style, yeah. but it's a 21st century building. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's great. It's not this, uh, you know, old style. Um, yeah. So, so those are three of the projects uh, that you know has been real cool for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Well, that's great. It's kind of like trying to pick your favorite child. It's you know, to pick I, just I, one. Yeah. don't ask me that question. You know, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would just say yes, and, yeah. and we would move on. Yeah. So well, well, that we'll, or I'd say, tell me yours first. You know. <laughs> well, I only have one, so well, that's oh, gosh, easy for okay. me. It's not a fair <laughs> statement. So. So yeah. um, so let's move on to to what I call the speed r- round of the show, where we kind of synthesize the three things we just talked about. Okay talked about down to some some pithy kind of short answers. So from a career path standpoint, while there is a through line in, in your career path, you've done a lot of different things. You've you've learned some things. You've probably had the opportunity to share some of that wisdom with, with your kids and with others. What's your best piece of advice when it comes to building a successful career, a fulfilling career? What's the one thing you've learned that you'd most be interested in passing on to other people? I know you've probably heard it time and time again, but love what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and, and there's so much truth to that because you've dedicate you're dedicating more than half of your life, mm-hmm. you know, any one day, more than half of that day to yeah. whatever it may sure. be. Sure. Um, and you've got to love it. Um, you know, love what you do, and but believe in you know, especially in the marketing side or the mm-hmm. sales side, you've got to believe in what you sell. Yeah. I mean, you may your first job out of college might be a life insurance salesman. Sure. And you're going to say, oh my gosh, I'm a life insurance salesman. Well, think about you know all the wonderful things a life insurance salesman does. I mean, you may be selling a policy to that couple. And, you know, sadly, you know, one of them may pass away. And one of the best things you're doing is handing them a sizable check to take care of their problems. I mean, think about what you're doing there. So, but, you know, so there's always something good about what you're doing, but believe in what you're selling. And and the reason I say that is because several times, you know, throughout my career, I've had people in my office or, or meeting with me personally or whatever, where they're selling something and I can tell they're selling it for the commission. Yeah, sure. And I, I don't know if I've ever bought anything, you yeah. know, from somebody that's doing that because there's always an option for me. Yeah. Um, but I've also bought stuff that I probably didn't need because whoever it was, I could just tell, you know, there was a passion there and yeah. I almost felt like I just want to support them. I just want to, so, so, Whatever it is you do, whether it's in sales or marketing or media or whatever it is, you've got to just love what you're doing. Yeah, um, it's, it's hard to persuade someone else if you're not persuaded yourself. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right. Second question: um, Somebody stops you on the street and they says, "All right, Fetters Construction. You've got a minute. You've got two minutes. What are you all about? What makes you special?" 
Yeah, um, you know, the, 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 the very basic answer is always going to be, you know, we are a general contractor that takes care of it from the day you we start talking to the day I give you the keys. Yep. There are things that we can self-perform, of course, to help make it a more efficient project, possibly a more economical project for you. But, you know, from day one to the day we give you the keys, you know, we're going to be there beside you the entire way. But we're not going to stop being beside you, of course, you know, even after that, because, you know, we don't stop after you got the keys. You know, we're, we're there beside you through throughout the life of that that building. And then and then I start talking about I will spend just an a little bit of time about, you know, the personalities within the office and talk about, you know, what we've talked about earlier here yeah. about, you know, we've got people in, I'll say I know you've heard this before, but we've got people that truly care. You know, let me tell you a story about, you know, and I'll talk about, you know, a project manager that you know, put in so much extra time on a project or actually, you know, in a school project. I mean, he spent probably more time in front of those kids than um, than he did on the job site yeah. at, at certain times. Sure. And um, you know, just sort of give maybe one of those anecdotal yeah. evidence type stories. Yeah. Know, so show, showing, not telling, yeah. you know, letting the story speak for itself. I've never been good. Everybody said, well, what's your elevator speech? You know, and I, I from day one, I've, I've actually sat down at times and tried to figure it out and it never works out for yeah. me. Yeah. Well, so. you and I, you and I agree on that for sure. I tell people if you have, if you in twenty twenty one, if you have an elevator speech, for the most part, there's some exceptions to this, but find the nearest elevator shaft and drop it down <laughs> the elevator shaft because I like that. It's really yeah. about personalizing it. It's yeah. it's not trying to be all things to all people, but having a core to you know what your values are as an organization, what your culture mm-hmm. is, and then adapting the story based to the needs of the audience. Because you know the the old model, and I'm old old enough to remember the old model, is you'd craft the elevator speech in isolation. You'd go to an event, you'd corner people and shout in their general yeah. direction. That never works so well, but in today's environment, it doesn't have a chance no. because people no. want a customized message that's designed just for them. So I applaud that. I think that's, that's a great, a great approach. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. All right, last question. Okay. So you have the opportunity to work in an environment where you get to kind of see the future a little mm-hmm. bit. You see mm-hmm. what's coming yeah. and you know yeah. people are thinking about their next project. And there's a lot of people today who are kind of stuck because of you know the environment we're in who might not have that perspective and as a result might be struggling with the nature of the times we're in. So if you had to offer someone some optimism, some perspective on why you know you believe and assuming you do believe that there are brighter days ahead, what might you say? Well, if somebody tells me they're stuck, I'm going to look them right in the eye and I'm going to say, tell me what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I truly be, believe nobody is stuck. Yeah. I mean, we are still in the uh, a capitalist society where we have the most opportunities of anybody in the world yeah. you know, to improve upon yourself, whatever that is. Yes, everybody has challenges. I, I understand that and I acknowledge that. But nobody can be stuck where they are because there are so many opportunities out there. So, so that would be one of the very first things I would ask sure. them. But then I would say, okay, but tell me what you want to do. You know, tell me what you love. Tell me, tell me what is what you're passionate about. What do you wake up in the morning? You know, thinking, God, if I can only be doing this or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, but then I, but I, you know, in the construction world, especially, you know, people are, yeah, and you even alluded to that earlier, is that the construction world is changing. Well, the construction world's been changing since the days of the Wild West and even before that. I mean, yeah, construction sure. years ago was building a cave, mm-hmm. you know, or carving out a cave. And, sure. And then it went into wood construction. Now we're building, you know, these huge steel edifices or whatever it might be. And so... The, the construction world is always going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always, we are an economy that still has to build stuff. Mm-hmm. In order to build stuff, you still need 
buildings to build that stuff in. We may not be building as many offices because, you know, like the the boy we talked, our boy we talked about, I mean, his job is at home right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, because yeah. of the whole COVID thing, sure. he's actually, you know, at his apartment and yeah. he loves it. Yeah. Um, but we're always, we are a society that's continually going to need to be building stuff. Yeah. And so there's always going to be need, whether it's a new construction, whether it's a renovation. So... I think the construction world, we're excited about it. It has its ups, it has its downs. Sure. Um, but we're in a position, especially right now, we're in a position where it's nothing but up for the next two or three years we're anticipating. Yeah, well, and, and one of the things that I think it's hard to see sometimes, and you alluded to this, is that just because things are changing doesn't necessarily mean that you're stuck or it's bad. There's one of the things that I'm kind of excited about, and obviously this is said with respect to all the people who have had, you know, real, you know, loss during the pandemic, but there's also been a ton of innovation. It's kind of forced some things to the forefront that maybe were on the bubble or maybe not going to happen as quickly that are exciting and that provide all kinds of opportunities from an entrepreneurial standpoint, from an innovation standpoint. So I don't know if you're seeing that in your industry, but that is pretty exciting, at least from my perspective. You know, whoever came up with Zoom, mm -hmm. you know, uh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, look what has happened just with Zoom in the last, what, 10 months. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I would have bought stock a year ago in Zoom. Yeah, sure. You know, if it was available. I mean, yeah. but um, it was neat to see, and alluding to what you're saying there, is that how somebody saw a need and filled it. Yep. Whether it's as an entrepreneur, whether it's as a uh, uh, you know uh, somebody that works at McDonald's or mm -hmm. whatever it might be, I mean, there's just there's so many great opportunities out there. Well, and it's it's additive. You know, you talked about the history of construction. We still have wood frame buildings, but now we have the opportunity to use other materials when that's the right answer, mm -hmm. and it builds upon what we've learned, and it just offers more opportunity. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too optimistic. No, no. Maybe I'm crazy. These but are that's exciting times like right now. I mean, you know, any time is exciting times. Yeah, somebody will look to me and I would have said these are exciting times in 08, 09 when we had the huge recession. They yeah. would have looked at me, you know, like I was, you know, stupid. And yeah. you know, maybe they do that now, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know, rightfully so. But I, these are truly exciting times for whatever. Yeah. I mean, whether it's here in Fort Wayne, Northeast Indiana, I mean, we've got, you know, this electric works project coming up, some amazing things in downtown Fort Wayne, and cool things going on in the outlying areas. I mean, these are exciting times, you know whatever you're doing. Yeah. And with all that, you know, residential growth comes the opportunity oh, for business growth. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Good yeah. stuff. Well, Tim, thanks for being here. I hope that growth uh, is at least a, uh, proportionally generous to Fetters Construction, if not more so. Well, that's my job to get, <laughs> get more than our share. That's right. So, that's right. Uh, if we're not, then I may be uh, a greeter at Walmart sometime. Well, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that for I sure. Love, so. I, I love the greeters at Walmart. Yep. So, well, yeah. thanks for being on and thanks for sharing your story. And thanks to everyone who listened to this episode. We'll be back next week with another great guest and we hope to see you then.